0: Big Ten Backers Podcast. This is your podcast for Big Ten football or anything college football related. From Jim Harbaugh's shirtless escapades to Brett Billima's hog-sized waistline with Ryan Day's beard dye and anything else in between, Big Ten Backers has the headlines from around the college football landscape. Oh, hey there, Big Ten
1: Backers. This is your host, AJ, with Buckeye Steve. We just call him "Dop Beef.
0: Grab a beer. We'll put college football in your ear.
1: Let's rock and roll. I got mine. Beef. It's time to take a look at those big ass dump trucks. Let's pull out the backers big one, the Red River Shootout. Number 12 Sooners Don the Golden Hat. Thanks to the late heroic spy, the Sooner QB Gabriel. As they down the Longhorns 34 to 30. Texas outgained Oklahoma 527 to 486 but also committed three turnovers and struggled to finish in the red zone then mix in a dash of nine penalties and you could see where they fell off the bowl. Oklahoma established the run getting 4.7 per carry but the red zone defense stole the show getting a turnover and stopping Texas on a fourth and goal. B, Oklahoma had the lead pretty much all game, but Texas took a late lead. How did the Sooners respond? Dylan Gabriel, that's how. He rode those Longhorns in style. B, did those two face off again in the Big 12 championship game?
0: Whoa, buddy. I did not see that coming. Texas is still a good team, but Dylan Gabriel showed some real skills there. I did not see that coming from Dylan Gabriel either. That drive to end the game. And that winning touchdown, he'll be forever a star in Sooner land. We all wrote off the Sooners when Lincoln Riley left and took half the team with him, And maybe, just maybe, they fell forward with that Skeletor-looking fucking coach, Brent Venables. But hey, at least they play defense in Norman now, unlike that tiny little small town in Southern California. As you mentioned, turnovers were the great equalizer in this one. Oklahoma can almost coast to the Big 12 championship game. But Kansas, at Kansas, still looms. I do see the Sooners in a rematch with Texas for that last Big 12 game. As we know it, the Big 12 will forever be changed, and it would be awesome to see those two go out in one last game. I'm
1: ready for that rematch-up. That was a good one. But these dogs, they dog-walked the Wildcats in dominant fashion, winning 51-13. to Not a lot to say here other than Georgia... Looking like the dogs everyone thought they were. But they are who we thought they were. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. Dominant D by the dogs had the Wildcats biting the bed sheets during that dog pounding. Bulldogs held Kentucky to 2.3 per rush and 4.9 per pass. That D went anaconda on Kentucky. Beef. Was this a bad matchup? or the return of Georgia's dominant
0: defense. I think I might have missed that. Did you just do a face-down ass-up reference? I like it. like it. I mean, Georgia just outclasses them, man. They showed out like a true championship-level team. Got to give credit here. When they needed it the most, they played excellent. Kentucky may have been getting a little bit too much credit, but 5-0 is 5-0. So Georgia's back. Georgia's in the show again. They stole it back. And what they really needed from the beginning of the season, as we mentioned, was a quarterback. Carson Beck was 28 of 35 for 389 yards and four TDs, baby. He did have one interception, but they got their quarterback. So my trust is back in Georgia now. I said at the beginning of the season, some of these teams, these power teams, Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, they need quarterbacks that can prove themselves. And Beck, like a true champion, showed up in the biggest game they will have in their regular season. Brock Bowers, man. Him and Marvin Harrison Jr., they have to be in New York for the Heisman ceremony. Brock Bowers had seven receptions for 132 yards and one touchdown. He's looking good, man. He passed A.J. Green in touchdown receptions for Georgia. That's saying a lot. Break out the whips. In chains for this pure domination, though. Georgia had 608 yards compared to Kentucky's 183. That's insane, man. That's a lot of difference in yardage. It was just pure, pure, utter domination in this game. What we got on that next game? Ooh, number 25, Louisville
1: pulled out the slugger and beat down the number 10 Notre Dame team, 33 to 20. The luck of the Irish must be in every other week kind of thing. These leprechauns ain't real.
0: Everyone can either believe it or they cannot believe it. I don't give two fucks, but I am telling you right now, that, motherfuck- that motherfucker back there is not real.
1: And just an Irish fairy tale. Three weeks in a row. The Golden Domers find themselves against a rank opponent, and it hasn't gone well half the time. Cardinals get one of their biggest wins in recent memory and properly programmed history. Jeff Braum's return home has not been disappointing. He has them 6 0 for the first time in forever. Beav, this team is averaging 5.1 per carry. Six games in, and Jack Plummer has been solid for Braum.
0: Man, the Irish, we got to give them credit, though. You said the last three games were against ranked teams. Well, guess what? Next week, they just got another top 10 team to play. Who else is playing four ranked teams in a row besides Notre Dame? We got to give them credit for playing that. A lot of teams would lose a game or two playing four ranked teams in a row. I digress. Braum is a hero in his hometown. Louisville jumps up big, and I'm talking big in the rankings, with an amazing win like that. Jawar Jordan, he was shooting through that line like it was shot out of a cannon, man. 143 yards and two touchdowns. For the year, he has 653 yards and eight touchdowns. That yardage puts him 10th in the nation. But also, he has limited attempts compared to the rest of the top 10. I think there's one other guy with less. Man, poor Hartman. He had a terrible, terrible game. Three interceptions. He hadn't had one all season, but he gets three in one game. Ouch. Sorry, dude. we rooting for you for a great showing for next week. Man, those cards and Brian Brom. They're having a hell of a season, man.
1: There they are. Well, let's talk about this next game. Tigers, down the Tigers, 49-39. to If that's not confusing enough for you, let's clear it up a bit. Number 23, LSU downs. Number 21, Missouri, 49-39. to Can we come up with more names already? I mean, there's so many freaking Tigers in the SEC. But... We got to find a way to stop this tiger-on-tiger violence. They are an endangered species, for God's sake. Mizzou gave up two turnovers, and that was what changed the game. You can't limit your possessions against this LSU offense. It's electric. It's too electric. You can't keep giving them the ball. Both defenses struggled in this game. No surprise for LSU. We had another game where both teams combined for over 1,000 yards. Beef. which Tiger-named team has a better run in October? LSU, Auburn, or Missouri?
0: I'll go with the Tigers. Good answer. <laughs> Can't get it wrong. Oh, man. These teams are not what I like to think of when I think about a top 25 rated matchup. Missouri and LSU. LSU, yeah, you think of LSU, but that defense, man, it is atrocious to watch. It's a good thing they have Jalen Daniels and neighbors, and that connection. Or else, it would be painful to watch this team. I guess LSU is the better Tiger, man. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'd probably take LSU, too. Beef, let's move on. Let's bring up those Big Ten games and talk about that Big Ten slate. Let's do it. Big Ten Roundup. We had our Midwest Cornfest Game of the Week. Number four, Ohio State D shells the Tough Terps late, winning 37 17. The score may not indicate how close this game actually was. Buckeyes had a three-point lead going into the fourth quarter. Maryland outplayed these Buckeyes offensively in the first half, but turnovers by the Terps would ruin that effort.
0: Yeah, Tulia was back to throwing picks at inopportune times. I mentioned it in the preview before the game. He used to throw picks all the time and in inopportune times all last year, but this year, I was giving him credit. He only had three picks on the year, but he almost doubled that in this game and threw two INTs.
1: Yeah, Ohio State had their hands full, only getting 1.9 yards per carry. Not a good look for that old line with Penn State on the horizon.
0: Man, that offensive line, it's going to cause some problems down the line in the meat of their schedule. And by meat, I mean when they're facing the big dicks like Penn State and Michigan. Those lines are no joke and they're not going to slow down. They're only going to get better. It's our offense better. Pick it up, man.
1: Even though the offense has struggled, you cannot take away from these silver bullets. This is a talented Maryland offense, and they kept them in check without much rest thanks to that sluggish Ohio State offense in the first half. They only allowed three yards per carry, 4.8 per pass. Great effort. Jim Knowles is earning his paycheck so far. He is giving time for the day to come for this offense, and they better quickly. Beef, there is no doubt these Terps are talented. You call for an upset for them against one of the big three. Buckeyes got by. Who's it going to be,
0: Beef? First, I got to go back to your defense comment. Yeah, this defense, it's a newly designed defense. They're keeping people from getting those big plays like last year. They had who knows how many, like, I think it was 1840, Plus yards plays last year, and they haven't given up any this year. No 40 plus yards plays. They're keeping things in front of them, but the problem with that is it extends drives. It's easier to get those little first downs, but they stop them from getting big plays, big chunk yards, big touchdowns, and they're stopping them from scoring pretty much. The defense did their job. OSU started to pull away thanks to Marvin Harrison Jr., 163 yards receiving and a touchdown. At one point, there was a touchdown that was called back. They took them back 15 yards and threw it back to Marvin again and got another touchdown, one after another. When they need to get the job done, they're getting the job done. But I still got to give credit to Maryland, though. They came out ready to play. In that video I posted with Maryland coming out of the locker room, you could hear it. When they came out, they had like a business approach. You could hear a coach saying, go make that money now. And then a player was like, it's fucking war. They were ready to play. I know you don't say that in a business meeting or anything, but in football, that's business. Which brings me to that D, man. You called it. This defense, it's one of the big Ds of the Big Ten. Maryland usually averages 458 yards of offense and 6.8 yards per play. Against these Silver Bullets, they had 302 yards and just 4 yards per play. That's 156 yards less than 2.8 yards per play. I don't know if everyone really dives into football statistics, but 2.8 yards less a play is huge. It's a big number. Huge. In the passing game, it's there. It's just slow to arrive for the offense. McCord had a new career high, 320 passing yards on 19 of 29 and two touchdowns through there offensively, if they can get that offensive line settled and starting to blocking, starting to the next level, they, they have a chance. But as of right now, I have them losing to PSU and, and Michigan, man. And then Maryland, who are they going to beat? I don't know, but I still feel like they're going to beat one of Penn State and Michigan. If I had to say it right now, I'd say it was going to be Penn State.
1: Right on, B. Let's get to some of that other big on big action. You just talked about Maryland maybe potentially upsetting This team, number two, Michigan violated the Golden Gophers at home 52 to 10. Michigan is looking like that team. That team, Jim Hardball said they are. That defense is smothering like gravy on mashed potatoes. They held Minnesota to just 169 yards, and the Gophers only had 3.3 per pass and three per rush. They dominated them on both sides of the ball. Pure Michigan dominant. The only highlights here for the Gophers was PJ Fleck talking after the game about how good Michigan is.
0: Most well, congratulations to Michigan. They're as good as advertised. I think they're the best football team I've seen in 11 years of being head coach. I've never seen a football team like that, that deep. They've got, they're one of the deepest teams, one of the best teams, one of the biggest teams, fastest teams, strongest teams, and they do not make mistakes. They, they, are, they are truly like a boa constrictor.
1: If there are three teams you don't want to run into right now, it's Michigan, Georgia, and Oregon.
0: Yeah, think about it though. How did your boy Cali Ackmanus do? Cali lick anus. How did he do? I agree. This is one of those teams that's just dominant. You really don't want to face them. Oregon's the same. Georgia's the same. But neither of those three have really faced great competition yet. They've they've all been tested. They've all shown that they're dominant. But man, I'm I'm still waiting for the meat of the schedule for two of those teams and. Jordan doesn't really have a meat of the schedule. I think they already passed theirs back to Michigan. When an opposing coach gives you praise after an ass whooping like that, you got to take notice. That means they're really impressed. What benefit does he have sucking Michigan's ass? None. It doesn't help you in recruiting. It doesn't help you after the game to say, hey, this team's awesome. We lost to him. It doesn't really do anything for you other than you take notice because a coach just said how good they are. They got to be good. This is an amazing stat. The top three teams in allowing the least points per game are all in the Big Ten East. Michigan allows 6.7 points per game. Penn State allows 9.6 points per game. And rounding off the number three in the nation, Ohio State allows 10.2 points per game. These might be some low scoring games coming around the corner, man. JJ McCarthy averaging. 77.6 completion percentage, good for third in the nation. I mean, he's always been up there and he's staying up there. That's the that's the thing. Competition has improved for them. Michigan is on a roll, brother. And they're gonna win out through October without even lifting a finger. I cannot wait for that three-game stretch at Maryland, at Penn State, and home against Ohio State. That's gonna be awesome. I really want to see, you know, how Michigan stands up. To a three-game schedule like that at the end of the year got me thinking aj when are we gonna head up to michigan and catch a game up there we got to get to the big house man
1: oh it's coming it's coming just like dion we come but in this october friday night fright under the lights nebraska beats down burts I 20 to 7 nebraska went up 17 by the second quarter Matt Rule has Nebraska at 500 on the season. He looks to turn the corner for these Huskers. That black shirt defense owned the trenches, only allowing 1.1 yards per carry for the Illini. In Burt-like fashion, Illinois could not find its D.
0: I see what you did there, making fun of a fat man.
1: You know, a fat man making fun of a fat man, it's okay. And they also couldn't provide any O to score at all. Beef. You think Matt and his fighting Huskers find a way to get bowl
0: eligible? Oh, man, I think we need to look at that schedule. What do they got left? You got that pulled up by chance? All right, AJ. So let's take a deep dive into that schedule. What do they got next? They got a win coming up their next game after the bye. They got Northwestern. After that, Purdue. That's kind of a toss up, maybe. They should be able to beat Michigan State at Michigan State. They got to win those three because after that, then then it gets a little tough. They play Maryland at Wisconsin and versus Iowa. So they got to win the next three to make it. Ooh, yeah, I think they could do it. I think they're going to pull that out. Well, we called them to make a quarterback change earlier in the season. Now that they did, they've been winning some games. They brought in that Nazi motherfucker, Heinrich Harburg. And they, and now they're winning some games, man. They look like the real deal against Illinois. They're making that transition. It's Rule's team now. I believe they are going to make a bowl game, as you said. And if they do, you better believe all of Lincoln will be traveling to see it. What do you got next? What's that next game we need to talk about? I'm pretty sure it's one you were at. It was when
1: I was at. Wisconsin hands the Knights of Piscataway their second consecutive Big Ten loss. Winning with the Badger beat down to the tune of 24-13. to Luke Fickle and the Badger score... The first 17 points of the game, leading 17-0 at halftime, Rutgers has not played well on the road. And in Madison, that would not be any different. Beef, I was in attendance like we said. It was a slow gash, slow bleed out of the Knights at the hands of these Badgers. The Knights were only 2-12 of on third down. Stats like that, well, you're fucked and not in a fun way. Beef, Luke Fickle. Has the Badgers in a position to bully the West and represent an Indy.
0: Yeah, that ninety-five yard pick six changed that game. I bet it was nuts in there when that happened. I'll
1: have that on my phone.
0: Oh yeah? Yeah. I want to see that video. You gotta bring that out. Post that shit for show. But that rushing game is is back. I mean, it's an old Badgers back. Despite all the calls for air raids from the Badgers in the preseason, Brandon Allen. 21 carries for that workhorse, and they were blocking up front, opening up holes. Like I said, it looked like the Wisconsin of old. I think he had 104 yards. Man, Wisconsin always finds a way to get those offensive line and those running backs, man.
1: Every time the offense was about to take the field, I could see Tanner Warkeye coming to the sideline, and he'd get his offensive line pumped up, beating him on the shoulder pads, and be like, hey, defense is stopping. Let's fucking go. And that was him boy. Or- every offensive drive man starting to like this tanner mordecai kid just seeing him there on the sideline being that close and kind of seeing and hearing him interact with his offensive line i was there for a beef iowa dominates in a low scoring affair derailing purdue 20 to 14 iowa didn't score a lot of points
0: imagine that
1: (laughs) yeah exactly but they were in complete control from start to finish Chalk up another win for this Hawkeyes defense as they held the Boilermakers to only 110 yards through the air. Purdue struggled against this Hawkeye defense, only going 3-for-13 on third down. Iowa is on a collision course with the Badgers next week.
0: Yes, looking bad for that points per game requirement for Brian. But they're at least running the ball well now, racking up some yards and getting the W's in the West, man. Iowa finished with 181 rushing yards. That's 74 above its season average. Insane. And they had Johnson return, and he gave them a spark. Johnson had 134 yards and one touchdown. That touchdown was 67 yards and a a long for him for the day. But man, that D was every girl's dream. No, really. I mean, though, they had six sacks and forced two turnovers. You're right. This next game against Wisconsin could be for all the marbles in the West, man.
1: So let's get onto these Brat Belma cupcakes. There was only one cupcake this week. Luckily, we're starting to get into a lot more big 10 action. Northwestern survives a late surge by Howard winning 23 to 20. Good fucking grief.
0: Howard. How did they even come close? I don't know. Northwestern. How did they beat Minnesota too? I I just don't get Northwestern. don't get them at all. They're kind of like Purdue, up and down, up and down, up and down. But I I figured they would just be down the whole year. B,
1: what's that noise? Oh, shit,
0: you got the real stuff
1: out. Oh, it's out. It's out. Let's hit it one more time. Ball trimmer is out. Let's go ahead and trim the landscape. UCLA Bruins, the undefeated season of the Washington State Cougars. The victory, 25-17. to 17. The Pac-12 are cannibals. You hear me, Beef? Cannibals. They are starting to eat each other alive. Cougars just couldn't handle these balls Saturday. They turned them over four times to the Bruins. This was a defensive showing for UCLA, holding the Cougs to just .6 yards per rush and 5.1 per pass beef who knew chip had a defense in him nobody knew chip had a d
0: hey man i was wrong i picked washington state is it me or is it just like starting to pick the home team for every major pac-12 matchup is the way to go and this game looking at stats alone this game was closer than it should have been the cougs they were two for 13 on third downs they had four turnovers for the game and every time i turned around the quarterback was under pressure they only had three sacks, but he was constantly under pressure, man. Had it through his first interception of the year as well. Man, I, I really, really was rooting for this Washington State team, but UCLA got it. And, you know, I should be rooting for UCLA. They're about to join the Big Ten, so it's good, good for the Big Ten.
1: It is good for the Big Ten. Let's get out to that other LA school. Number nine, USC survives a triple overtime game against
0: Arizona,
1: (laughs) kind of scary. B, for Grinch strikes again, stealing the gifts Kayla Williams and that offense gives, but they survive despite special teams trying to do them in. How long before these Trojans bust? Just not enough D to fill these Trojans.
0: Yeah, man. USC is tied for 79th in the country in allowing 27 points per the game. 27 points per game. So it won't be long. I have them in real struggles against the slongs of the Pac-12. They still have Notre Dame, then Utah at home, Washington, Oregon, and UCLA. The defense is really going to need to pick it up if they're going to win those mashups. As of right now, I think they lose to Washington and Oregon. They could lose Notre Dame, Utah, or UCLA. Most likely three losses, right? There's no doubt about that, B. There
1: definitely has come some losses coming. That that defense is holding this team back. But Caleb, he did his normal hero ball, putting his team in position to win it in the remaining seconds of the game. Only get to have a botch snap coming out to be a missed field goal. And then he gets them in triple overtime. He gets that two-point conversion and would not be denied in a thrilling two-point conversion to win it in third overtime, B.
0: Yeah, it was nuts. I fell asleep actually watching this game. And right before overtime, I woke up just for that botch snap. I was in my basement. The TV gets a little bit louder and somehow I wake up. And of course, I watched the entire overtime. Lincoln Riley is going to Lincoln Riley no matter what, no matter if it's Norman, Oklahoma or the lights of L.A. And from our guys at College Football Dogs, they say Caleb's fine with it. He wants offense, 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 and he has that Lincoln Riley mentality. Don't even worry about the defense. Let's just score more points. But that's the mentality that kept Arizona in the game. But I guess a W's a W and that's all that matters.
1: Not only kept Arizona in the game, Arizona was up 17 to nothing. If this is a better offensive team in Arizona, does USC actually pull back in? They reel in, you know, a duck or a husky? I don't think so, beef. You give that offense that much of a hole against a quality team, that's lights out, babe. But well, let's move on. Let's talk about number 11, Alabama. They win in Texas against an agonizing Aggies team, 26-20. to 20. Well, beef, something happened on the way to Bama's playoff funeral, and guess what? Fucking Undertaker is
0: back. Bama's back! Bama's back! They're in the hunt and looking like a new team. Tell me about it, baby.
1: The GOAT will not go into a night quietly. Bama's not dying without a fight. They are in control of the West and will be matched up with the dogs in the SEC championship game. Just watch it, beef. The SEC West couldn't put this wounded elephant down. They found themselves an offense identity now to go with that smothering D. Neither team could run the ball in this one, though, be 0.9 per carry for a one9 for Bama, but the tide rolled through the arm of Milroe.
0: Yeah, Jalen Milroe, 21 for 33, 321 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Man, the quarterback questions are being answered, my friend. They still have a little bit of a schedule after Arkansas. They end up taking on Tennessee, then LSU, and at Kentucky. But man, the way they're developing, I think those are three wins. I think they're back in the hunt and they're going to be in that SEC championship game like normal, playing Georgia.
1: Let's talk about your Cowboys. Wyoming ends the second longest win streak by outlasting a late surge from Fresno State. Cowboys win 24-19. to Beef, we had this game circled as a hidden gem to watch because these were two of the best non-Power 5 teams and they were facing off. Wyoming scores 24 in the first half, despite not scoring again for the rest of the game. They get a victory at home. The Bulldogs got halted in their tracks, only gaining 38 yards on the ground. Turnovers and penalties halted. The comeback for the Bulldogs, the Cowboys leash them and dog walk them, beef.
0: Man, a tale of two halves again. How many times have we seen that this year? It keeps happening. I I don't think I've ever noticed that before in my life until this year. Score a bunch of points in the first half, none in the second half, or vice versa. But all I got to say about this... As I said this, this is a good team, a sneaky good team. And I've been saying it for a while and they have been proving it, man. We should have ranked them to start the year. But because it was Wyoming, we're like, nah, let's let that slide. It's Wyoming. And now it's kicking us in the butt. We should have rated them to start the year. People would have been like, what the hell do you have Wyoming at 24 for? I wish we would have. Next year, man. There's always next year. Rely on that returning production.
1: It hasn't really let us down yet, Beef. Let's talk about Miami. Georgia Tech hands Miami at Kane after breaking its knee in a late win, 23-20. to 20. Beef. Remember when I said Mario Cristobal was the kind of guy who could get a girl wet, couldn't get her off?
0: Oh, I remember that. I'm not so sure he can even get her wet.
1: Miami looks better than they used to. He's recruiting better than he used to. He's got Miami looking good. But guess what? doesn't matter how you look. Doesn't matter how well you comb your hair. Once you're in the bedroom and you can't finish the job, that's Mario Crystal Ball's way.
0: Georgia Tech isn't starting the job. You're not even getting started if you're. In a game against Georgia Tech.
1: Mario, all he had to do is have Miami take a knee. Miami takes a knee. This game is over. But no, Mario's like, nah, let's run the ball. Let's just, let's get another run in there. And guess what happened, Beef? Running back fumbles. With that, the Yellow Jackets make a miracle out of it and score and win the game in the final second. This was a complete coaching disaster. How does this happen, Beef? What an embarrassment by Miami and Cristobal.
0: Yeah, this is mind-bogglingly dumb. I just can't even believe this actually happened. And not only that, but I think it was 74 yards that they went in 26 seconds after that. Wow. And it's not I'm not just looking at Cristobal here. The entire fucking team, not one assistant coach said, shit, we need to change this. This is stupid. And even a player on the team should have questioned this, man. If I was a quarterback out there, I'd be saying, fuck this. Let's audible. Let's win this game. Let's take a knee. You overrule a coach that makes a stupid decision like that. You you have to do it. If you want to win the game, you play to win the game, right? But this one was over. Like you said, this game was won. The coaches lost the game, but it was already won. I just can't even get that. I can't wrap my head around that. I'm not even sure how you go into film the next day and tell your players sorry as a coach. I'm sorry I f- I fucking lost the game. I single-handedly. like Coaches don't win and lose games. Yes. You just lost that game. If I was the AD at Miami, someone's getting fired. I'd leave it up to Cristobal. I'd be like, you choose who it's going to be, but someone has to lose their job. This is ridiculous.
1: Absolutely bad. One of the worst things I've ever seen in college football in my life. But anyways, Beef. let's get into these quickies.
0: All right. Number 15, Oregon State at California. This was a thriller for three quarters, but the Beavers win 52 to 40.
1: Ole Miss holds off the pesky Razorbacks 27 to 20.
0: Yeah, Jefferson is a great quarterback. They're always going to be in games, even if they shouldn't be. Virginia Tech at number five, Florida State. It was over in the first quarter. The Seminoles, thirty-nine to seventeen. Syracuse
1: at number fourteen, North Carolina Tar Heels crush the Orange, forty to seven.
0: Let's go, Mac Brown.
1: Go ahead, Mac Brown, do your thing. Got them Tar Heels undefeated.
0: He should choke somebody. Mac Brown got to choke a bitch.
1: Speaking of Mac Brown, speaking of North Carolina being undefeated, let's talk about our top 25, Beef. Yes, sir. Let's break down this week's NIL Fan Vote top 25.
0: Yes, sir. he've
1: Hit us with the first four.
0: Hey, you know, after the game that they played, they showed us the champs are back, baby. The Bulldogs at number one. And the team that can't beat the Bulldogs, Michigan's at number two. We still got to see them play somebody, but man, they're looking solid. P.J. Flex said they're the best team he's ever seen. So when coaches start saying it, there's some truth, man. There is some truth. And after that big win in the Cotton Bowl in the Red River rivalry or shootout, whatever you want to call it, OU comes in at number three. And Florida State, with all the wins they have, coming in at number four. The LSU one might be dropping them a little bit. They're still standing strong at four.
1: It's not a bad top four, Beav. Not bad at all. I mean, Georgia, they finally flex their muscle. I think that's spot on. I think Michigan is the deepest team in college football, but maybe they don't have the fireworks that the Dogs have, so I can see them in number two. Maybe we're jumping on the Oklahoma hype train a little too much. If it wasn't for three turnovers by Texas, we might be talking about a different outcome here. But either way, I think the top four is good, even with Florida State hanging on there at the end. But I'll break down the next few that are just left right outside the top four. You got Oregon sitting at number five, another O team sitting at number six in Ohio State. Then you got Penn State and Washington. And I think there could be an argument for Oregon to be in front of Florida State because I think they're right behind Georgia and Michigan to me as the most well-rounded teams in college football. You got anything to add, Beef?
0: Well, in my estimation, just looking at the teams, watching the teams, there's the two that separated themselves so far and it really just happened this past weekend with Georgia and Michigan. I mean Michigan's been like the full body of work. Georgia just finally played somebody. I think 3 through 8 now are they're interchangeable. You could put any of the, you have an argument for any of those at 3. So it's really and it's all going to come down to the next couple weeks. Those are all going to start moving around once they play each other.
1: I mean, Ohio State Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan all have to play each other. You got Washington and Oregon playing each other this week. There's definitely going to be a lot of ironing out to do. Of course, you got USC just sitting right there at number 10. Also got to play those teams. So we're definitely going to find out.
0: It's going to change and it's going to change real quick. But let's get down to the rest of it. Man, North Carolina, after that massive win, they jump up a little coming back into it. They don't have a loss. Then we start to get in some of the, you know, who knows? This SC team, they keep winning, but that defense isn't showing up. And they're in games that they should be blowing people out. Then we start with the the top of the one loss teams. Texas barely loses that game. I think they're still a good team, man. Oklahoma came to play. Texas, like you said, kind of maybe gave that game away a little bit with the turnovers. And Alabama showed that, hey, I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still knocking on that door. We're not going away yet. So that gives us to our top 12, and I'm going to let you get a little response and then give us the rest of them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think USC's got the shelf life of milk, man. They're not going to be long for this playoff competition, in my opinion. That defense is just too questionable. They're going to get snake bitten at some point. The fight for the playoff spot that might get represented out of the Big 12 is not over. Texas and Oklahoma will most likely play again, and the winner the second time is probably going to be the one who represents You got to put Alabama right there behind Texas because Texas has that win. But telling y'all, man, Bama's figuring it out. Everybody had a chance to put a dagger in Bama when they're down, and they didn't. So watch out. Roll Tide Nation's here to play.
0: Don't count out Bama. Don't ever count out Bama.
1: Not at all. That would not be a smart move. We got 13 of 14. Got a couple of surprise teams that you wouldn't normally have here. I wouldn't say maybe their surprise team this year, at least not Oregon State. Everybody saw them having a good year this year. But the Cards, man, definitely a surprise sitting at 6-0, and and then Oregon State sitting at 5-1 and at 14.
0: Yeah, and you called that, Louisville, man, the Cards. You called it sneaky team, beginning of the year. Go back and listen to the podcast if you I don't sure, believe it.
1: I sure did. It said, hey, man, they're my ACC surprise team, and, and they're making some value out of that pick. They still have a lot of meat on the schedule, but hopefully they can keep doing work. Sitting at 15, we got Ole Miss... 16, Tennessee, 17, UCLA, 18, the Washington State Cougars. You got anything on these guys, B?
0: Yeah, it's kind of, again, all those are interchangeable. I mean, other than UCLA just beating Washington State, they got to be above them. Tennessee, we're going to see more what they got against Alabama coming up shortly. And Old Miss, they're still proving that they're in this, man. I can still ride that lane train a little bit. They have a chance, only with one loss at this point. They do
1: have a chance. only problem with that one loss is it's in the SEC West, and it's against Alabama, so they would need Alabama to lose two games. I'm not saying that's impossible, but maybe they can slide in if maybe Bama loses the SEC championship game and they can kind of slide into the playoffs or, or something crazy like that might happen, but I don't see it. Tennessee still got some things to prove. UCLA is definitely a top 25 team. They just took down the Cougars at home, and Chip Kelly's actually got a defense and kind of struggling on offense, which is what kind of world are we living in right now?
0: Let's go to the next four. Duke. Man, it's just weird to say Duke at number 19, four and one, um, just above Notre Dame, which just happened to beat them not too long ago. Notre Dame's got the two losses, so they drop a little bit further. Kansas is still in it, man, in the Big 12. I called them at the beginning of the year. There's a chance that they knock off Oklahoma and they ended up in the championship game, but we'll see about that at five and one. And then we got Wisconsin up there. Uh, no one's giving Wisconsin any love, but at 4-1, and one, Wisconsin's a good team too. Watch out for Wisconsin. They got a couple tough games coming up. Iowa and then Ohio State. Yeah,
1: definitely they'll sleep on the Badgers. Luke Fickle's turning Wisconsin around. Don't ever count them out. The West is weak anyway, so they're definitely looking to represent an Indy in my opinion.
0: Go ahead and bring in the next three.
1: Our last three, Beef. LSU just hanging on at 4-2. and two. Miami, oof. After that bad loss, but they're still a top 25 team at four and one. And then Beave, your favorite, Wyoming Cowboys took down Fresno State to make their way into the top 25.
0: I got to give the Cowboys credit. You know, I saw them in the beginning of the year in that top returning spot, like the returning production. And I was like, yeah, skip that over. That's the Cowboys. Then later on, I was like, whoa, all right, maybe that returning production really did mean something because they were number two in returning production and They've been showing that they're a damn good team, man. They're hanging in there. I don't know what the rest of their schedule has got, and maybe I'm going to look that up real quick. Air Force and Boise State, and Boise State isn't really good this year. I mean, they're not Boise State of old. No. So the Air Force game is really all they got left on the schedule. They should win the rest, and I I would assume that they win at Air Force too. So this team is going to be one that makes a, a nice bowl game.
1: Yeah, I think they're going to be the ones who represent the Mountain West, no doubt about that. Let's get on to LSU, man. LSU and Miami. LSU, there might be some better teams out there or well-rounded teams out there that maybe belong in the top 25. But that offense can go nuclear and when it does, it can beat just about anybody. But the problem is that defense cannot stop anything, man. And then Miami. Man, it's hard to say what Miami is. They'll get a good win and they'll play bad. It's kind of typical of Miami where they're just a coin flip kind of team where who knows what the hell you're going to get.
0: Yeah, I mean, those are two teams that are... They're big-name teams, but they're at the end of the list, so not good years for their fan bases. Miami probably
1: still has a chance to make a good year out of it, but LSU's anything that they dreamed of and wanted to do is pretty much over at this point as far as postseason. That wraps up our NIL Fan Vote Top 25, and that ends our show. Beef, get us out of here.
0: All right, we out. God bless, everyone. Have a good day. Big Ten Backers Podcast. Follow our sponsors at NIL Fanboat on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and the thread. Also visit the website, nilfanboat.com. Oh, no Midwest goodbye today. Yeah.